know what the worst thing is about public speaking? Having to wear these silly ties. I, <laughs> I do not know who invented these things, but they ought to be pulled. Before we get into the main thrust of the lesson tonight, I love to talk about current events and especially how they apply to the life of a Christian. And uh, two things this week just got my goat. Uh, yesterday, I was sitting at home minding my own business and watching some football. While I was watching that football game, an advertisement come on for a television show called Revenge. Never seen the show, but I've seen the advertisement. In that advertisement... <clears throat> I have never seen them do this before. They took two men and had a, a, a brief glimpse of two men getting ready to, in their mouth this far apart, getting ready to engage in a passionate kiss. I've never seen them do that in an advertisement before. Now that got my goat. I don't know at what point it is that we just sit back and finally say, you know what, enough is enough. I'm turning the stupid idiot box off. At what point do we do that? Maybe, I don't know, somebody tell me, are we to that point? Because here, imagine. You've got a 10, 11, 12-year-old son, okay, and he's sitting next to you, and they just have a couple of second glimpse of that, and there's my son or my daughter seeing that trash. I can't stand it. It infuriates me. The other thing that got my goat was there is a retail chain in this country by the name of Hobby Lobby. You've probably shopped there. Hobby Lobby is a self-insured company. They have stores throughout the nation, thousands of employees. Beginning January 1 of 2013, they are being mandated by the newly instituted Affordable Care Act, a.k.a. Obamacare, that they now have to provide as a health benefit the morning after peel. If they do not do that, they face a $1.3 million daily fine. Now, you tell me where is the moral outrage in our country over that right there? Tell me. We had a chance to do something about that on election day. And not even the sanctity of human life changed the vote of 60 million Americans. Somebody says, now, Brian, you're, you're now what you're doing is delving into politics. No, I'm not. 
if a person cannot see the moral dynamics and implications and problems of that right there, I feel sorry for that person. If we as Christians and Americans cannot stand up with a little backbone for the sake of human life, pray tell what is it we're going to stand up for? What is more precious than the sanctity of human life? Everything else is going to be secondary, is it not? If we can't stand up for that, we might as well, what else are we going to stand up for? Now, those two things got my goat, and it's not even part of my lesson, but uh, it's something to contemplate. In Matthew chapter 20, <clears throat> beginning at verse 1, <clears throat> For the kingdom of God, excuse me, I'm all mad now. <clears throat> For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning. Let me say right off the bat, verses 1 through 16 is this parable, and I'm not so much interested in uh, the reason the parable was given. It's going to sound a little strange. But I'm more interested in the principles used within the description of this parable that brings it about. And maybe that will be a little bit more clear here in just a minute. <clears throat> For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner. That landowner would be God. Who went out early in the morning. A Jewish work day began at 6 o'clock a.m. <clears throat> to hire laborers for his vineyard. The laborers here would be disciples. The vineyard would be the church. <clears throat> now, when he had agreed with the laborers, now notice he agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about uh, the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. The third hour would be about 9 o'clock. <clears throat> and said to them, you also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. <clears throat> Verse 5. Again, he went out about the sixth and ninth hour and did likewise. So we're looking at about 12 o'clock and about 3 o'clock p.m. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing idle and said to them, why have you been standing here idle all day? Eleventh hour is going to put us around five o'clock. <clears throat> a total work day for the Jews back then would have been about 12 hours, so about six to six. And so now here he's went out the eleventh hour and found somebody to work for at least one hour. <clears throat> Verse seven, they said to him, because no one hired us, he said to them, you also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right, you will receive. So when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the laborers, give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. Verse 10, but when the first came, no, I didn't read verse 9, did I? Verse 9, and when those came who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each received a denarius. Hey, that's pretty good, you know. 
You only had to work one hour, and you got paid an entire day's wage for one hour. Pretty good. I'll take those benefits. And notice here, the goodness and graciousness of the landowner was in abundance to this uh, laborer who only worked one hour. Verse 10, but when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more. And they likewise received each a denarius. Can't you just see those laborers who work first? Buddy, they seen that, they seen that generous gift from the landowner to those fellows that just worked an hour. Buddy, they were just chomping at the bit to get to the front of the line, weren't they? I am getting ready to rack up. Yeah, he promised me a denarius, but look what he did for those that went to work at the 11th hour. Where's mine? Don't you know that's what they were thinking? And buddy, here they go. They get up there, and they get that denarius. Where's the rest of it? <laughs> You're a generous lander. Where's the rest of it, Al? Come on, where's the rest of it? <clears throat> But they received a denarius. Let me ask you this question. Do you think what the landowner done was fair? I mean, after all, they did work longer hours. They were not criticized for doing a bad job. Think about it. Is what the landowner done fair? Before we go any further. Let's bring it home. Let's bring it a little bit more home. <clears throat> Let's say uh, you work for a company. Maybe you've worked there for five years. And then you're going to work tomorrow, and they've hired somebody to do the exact same job that you do. And not only that, but they are only going to have to work one hour. They're going to work, well, let's say quitting time is 4 o'clock. They only have to go in at 3 o'clock to do the exact same thing you do. They're going to get off at 4 o'clock, and guess what? They make the exact same money that you do. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. There is a storm a-brewing. There is a storm a-brewing. Well, Let's see if that's fair. But in your mind, think. Do you think that's fair? Let's see what they, the, uh, how they responded to receiving a denarius for working all day. Verse 11. <clears throat> and when they had received it, they complained against the landowner. Uh-oh, there's trouble a-brewing. Somebody is hot. This landowner's name is Mud. <laughs> I mean, if that was to happen in Warren County or anywhere other county, what would happen? Boy, the employees, they'd go out of there, and that fella's name would be smeared all over this county, wouldn't it? Now, wouldn't it? Be honest. Verse 12, <clears throat> matter of fact, you would even have probably 
the Department of Labor on this fellow, you know. There'd be some union bosses down there banging on his door. There's trouble brewing. Verse 12. <clears throat> Here's more of their response. Saying, these last men have worked only one hour. And you made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. Now let's see what Jesus says. Now this is interesting. Now, when I first read this years ago, <clears throat> this was totally opposite the way I used to think. Totally opposite. But let's see what Jesus says, if this, if this is fair. Verse 13, but he answered one of them and said, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? What? You mean to tell me that I can work all day long and you're only going to pay me that which you agreed and then you can hire somebody at the 11th hour, they only work one hour, and you can pay them a denarius and somehow I'm supposed to think that that's fair? Jesus said it was. As a matter of fact, <clears throat> uh, look at verse 14. Well, let's read 13 again. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Agreement kept. Agreement was kept. Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. Agreement kept. And the rest of what I do with my money is none of your business. Now, that is totally foreign to the way we think in the United States of America. That used to be totally foreign to the way I thought. We cannot comprehend this lesson in the United States of America today. And we're going to delve into why. We cannot comprehend this principle. In our own minds, we have determined throughout years in this country what we believe is fair. There are laws that would not allow this to, ha to happen. I guarantee you, once this happens, there's going to be some kind of lawsuit filed. There's going to be somebody saying, you discriminated against me. I guarantee you. Unions would not dare let this happen. As a matter of fact, you know what? If this landowner continued to do this, some people would quit their jobs. They would go to work for somebody else making less money simply because they just can't stand this old scoundrel. Guaranteed. <clears throat> we are being taught and told within our culture that this is not fair. It's so funny. I wish you could have been there in the conversation when I was discussing this with my kids. I said, I was asking Braxton or Bria, one of them, I said, is this fair? <clears throat> he said, well, if, even if it is, I'm going to beat up the other guy and take his money. <clears throat> because what has happened is we have perverted what we think fair is. Why? Here it is. Because we are obsessed over me, myself, and I. That's why. We are obsessed with our rights. 
not our obligations. And that's a fact. I've got several notes here, and I wanted to look over this real quick. Many people look to our laws as to what is fair, but our laws contradict this very principle. This has been going on uh, for a while in our country, but over the last four years, and especially over the last election cycle, we are being trained to think evil about our employers. You're a bunch of greedy, no-account scoundrels that actually make money off of other people's hard work. (gasps) You mean to tell me uh, people work for you and you make money off of their labor? Well, yeah. But we're being trained and taught to think evil about our employers, ridicule them, talk bad about them, destroy their property, steal from them. They're a bunch of old greedy rich people anyway. Instead of hugging their neck and saying, thank you, God, for blessing my employer so that I can have a job and support my family, so that I can explore my talents in this greatest country that has ever been in existence. Thank you, my employer. God bless you, and I hope God blesses you forever. No, we can't do that. We're more concerned about everything that I can get. Though that old scoundrel, he needs to give me this. They ought to be providing that and this and that. And if they don't, they're a bunch of scoundrels. Let me give you a quick illustration. Hurricane Sandy in New Jersey. Some non-union workers, utility workers from Alabama, were going to go to New Jersey to help restore power in New Jersey because of the devastation. You got women in the cold, you got elderly, you got children. Uh, they needed power bad. But they were not allowed to go and help in that devastation because you had those so concerned about their rights in New Jersey that they put their rights above those in the cold. That's disgusting. <clears throat> Why is this so important? I'll never forget when I used to work at American Freightways. And and this company hired me. After I finished my route for the day, uh, I would have to come back and see if there was anything else that I needed to do. And lots of times they would make me work the docks instead of having to go home after an eight-hour day out on the road. And that used to make me mad because there were those that I had seniority over that they would allow to go on to the house. And so, to this day I flatter myself and say it's because I actually would work uh, when on the docks, and maybe that's true, maybe it's not, but everybody's got their fantasy, right? And so, but I would work that dock while these guys with less seniority went home. And, and you know, the whole time I was right there working, I was mumbling and groaning and complaining and whining like a little brat. 
instead of being grateful for to have the job. Now, what's the significance of that? The thing is, when they hired me, they never told me that I was going to be able to get to go home before somebody else because they go by things. They never told me that. I just, I just assumed that. And so what happened? I was lessening, destroying my credibility among my coworkers for my influence for Christ because of my sorry, selfish attitude. That's what was happening. That company did me no wrong. None. They gave me a job and a well-paying job. They did me no wrong. No matter where we're at, no matter what we're doing, who we're working for or whatever, the problem is this. Our priorities in this country and among some of us as brethren, the whole thing is to help us do better, is that our priorities are out of whack. This attitude of workers rise and getting all I can for me develops a mindset of selfishness. No matter where I'm at, what job I'm working at, my prime priority is not to make as much money as I can. That's not why you and I are on this earth. My main reason for existence is to glorify God. And so my work performance directly ties into that because that's where I'm at 8 to 12 to 15 hours a day. That's what is important, not all that I can heap upon myself. Somebody says, Brian, your comparison is not fair because, see, in this country it is understood that if you work longer hours, even if it's agreed to for a payment, you should receive more pay for more work. But I want you to notice in verse 10 that those who worked the longest, did they not also expect more pay? That's why they were angry. Because they thought, even though they agreed with a certain amount of money, they thought they should have been paid more. They thought it was understood. Jesus said, I did you no wrong. Look at verse 14 and 15. Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. Is it lawful for me to do what I wish with mine own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? What's he talking about there? Because I am good as the landowner, and I decide to bless somebody, and I did you no wrong, you become envious. Jealous, covetous, selfish. Is your eye evil because I am good? Somebody says, Brian, you're looking at this all wrong. It is about fairness. It is. You're just wrong, Brian. 
Okay, to that I would say this. <clears throat> Imagine this. You've worked for a company for five years. They hire somebody to come in to do the exact same job that you're going to do. And what they, uh, excuse me, you're the Johnny come lately. You're the newcomer. You're the one that only has to work one hour a day. And not only that, they're going to pay you double the salary. Pretty good. I like that when you taught me. <laughs> you only have to work one hour a day. And you're going to make double the money as your coworkers. You're going to give that money back? You're going to go to your employer and say, I can't take double the salary. And I can't work just one hour. Because, see, it's not fair to my coworkers. Mm -mm. We're going to take, what's the song? Take the money and run. We're going to take the money and run. So it's not about fairness. It's about envy. It is creeping in. Envy is creeping in under the idea of workers' rights and fairness. About employers not paying fair share about wealth redistribution. Think about this. Why are we envious? We live in the most richest country that's ever existed. You ever think about how blessed we are? If you can go home tonight and put a change bowl on your dresser and you're able to take the change out of your pocket, put it in that bowl and save it, did you know that you are in the top 8%? 8 of the richest people on earth. Even the poorest people among us in this country today have more than what kings and queens ever had. You can go home tonight, most of us, and there'll be a little box in your hallway somewhere. And you can adjust that dial just a little bit, left or right. And it will, it will adjust the entire temperature of your whole home. We have machines that take us here and there. We have machines that wash our dishes and wash our clothes. Even the poorest among us have that. know whether to keep going or end it here. Somebody says end it, you big mouth. <laughs> so in conclusion, what was the entire reason for this parable? Look at the uh, last verse. So the last will be first and the first will be last. For many are called but few are chosen. In a nutshell, and this is my reasoning on the year 2012, the Gentiles were last to be invited to obey the gospel, to hear the gospel call. Jesus is teaching here 
that there will be no special privileges for the Jews. All will be on equal footing. All will receive the same spiritual blessings. The difference, however, is this. The Gentiles, with their readiness of mind to obey and their dedication to the gospel, vaulted them to the first in matters of importance due to their dedication and work in the kingdom. And I believe that was the thrust, the spiritual meaning, the thrust of the parable. But I was so blown away years ago when I read the principles Jesus used within this parable. Because we are becoming a nation of people that, that are so blessed. And I just wonder if God just ever sits up on his throne and thinks, you know, you bunch of spoiled brats. You ever wonder that? We don't want that to creep into our mindset because we're human. We watch the news. We see the laws. We see what's being out there propagated. And we don't want that to infiltrate our minds. No matter where we're at in the workplace, no matter what we're doing, our main priority in life, whether I'm making minimum wage or $500,000 a year, whether I have a little or have a lot, is to make sure that my influence is an influence for good and to convert souls to Christ. I'm going to a funeral tomorrow. It is the funeral of my uncle. My uncle was the black sheep of the family, no doubt about it. <clears throat> he, my grandmother, though, was a member of the church. He had opportunities to obey the gospel <clears throat> and to live a faithful Christian life. He died lost. My uncle is not coming back ever again. He is in eternity for eternity. You ever just sit and contemplate eternity? Our life is nothing but a drop in the bucket. Our lives can be snuffed out just like that. And our lives, I'm a, when we watch Tim Fisher's class and he shows us these pictures in antiquity, it just amazes me because, you know, think of all those people that live and all the work that they've done, and we're talking about thousands of years ago, and I, you know, and their lives were just, it's just a moment in time, just a small moment in time. And now my uncle has gone into eternity lost. You know, it's not, it's not too politically correct anymore to say, hell, <laughs> we can't say he's burning in devil's hell because that's too extreme, you know, but folks, that's just the plain facts of the matter. What about you tonight? Would you like to go home tonight and pillow your head knowing that everything is well with my soul? That if I die tonight, that I will live in eternity forever in paradise? Would you like to pillow your head tonight with peace of mind? If you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and willing to repent of your sins, if you're willing to confess Christ's good name before this audience, then you can be baptized into Christ this very evening. Maybe you've done that in times past and you wish to be restored. Would you come as together we stand and sing?